Hey, Jackass is not the one in man show. It's the one man show. <laughs> no, it's the one man show. One man show. No, it's the one man show. Whatever it is, Habit SG is where you get your fitness on. 43 Carpenter Street is the place to be. Am I right, one? Definitely. If you want to look better than how you look now, Iman, go and join the personal coaching. Only $50. Um, you have more than one trainer to help you out. When whatever your goal is to look good, to be better in whatever sport that you do, you can just approach the guys at HabitSG, www.habitsg.com. Boom. Really? You want to start every episode <laughs> like that? Every episode goes with yes. a boom. Next week, boom, shakalaka. <laughs> no, the boom, shakalaka was episode one. <laughs> oh, is it? I'll be confused, okay. All right, we're back with another episode of The One Man Show. We have right. we have a guest with us today. We have Arman oh. from Everyday People SG. Thanks for gracing the couch, Arman. I'm glad that you're here because you we get to kick Ridon off to the single-seater. Oh, I'm sorry I kicked you out of no the problem. Y- you have no idea how dirty this couch is. Oh. Arman has been doing <laughs> stuff on the couch. He I'm glad to be away from the, the couch. The couch has been stained. I should boil my jeans after yes, this you interview. Yes, you need to serve too. Malay people say you need to serve too. You need to wash with... I think it's easier if you just throw it away. Okay, fair enough. So what's up, Arman? How are you, man? I'm good. You know what? I came here fully prepared for this podcast. I actually got my beard trimmed specifically <laughs> for well the both done. of you. I wax my hair. I don't even wax my hair for my mom, but I wax my hair for the both of you. That's Thanks. how prepared I am for this podcast. Thank you. And just so you know, Ridwan wanted to be here in slippers. I oh. made him change to shoes. Not really. I, I asked if I should change. Yeah. You see, this guy works for us. This you is, were going to wear slippers. This is my shoe. I can do whatever I want. At least I can change to shoes. You can't change your face. Okay, again with the <laughs> face. <laughs> From the guy that has a dick for a nose. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> really, you want to go there again? Yeah, the thing is, he's taking care of himself. I think that shows because he's a cat person. So he takes care of his cats. And so he needs to take care of himself. Are you are you a cat person? Man? I'm a cat person. But my mom would disagree with the fact that I take care of myself because my room, like, there might be a dead rat in there, oh. but you might not know because that's how messy I am. I'm messy because I'm very functional and organized with work. So to counterbalance that, my room is super messy. So so are you the kind of guy who, who like, even though your room is messy, you know where everything is? Yes. So if somebody cleans it up, Yes. I will have no idea what this is. This is an excuse. This I'm, is I'm excuse. like him, man. I'm functional like him. Mess. Yeah, functional, functional mess. You're crap. You learn something new every day. I, 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 don't, I don't need to know. I, I, used, I always hate it when people clean my room because I wouldn't know where everything is. You're just lazy. Ma- one, listen up. Two functional mess people here against one. Two journalists here against one. So you're actually... I'm no, a freaking OCD guy. You're, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> alone in this, man. So just just be careful of what you say. Okay, okay? okay fair enough. So, I mean, yes. tell tell us more about uh, everyday people. Okay, so this is where I do my shameless plug. Yes, uh, carry on. <laughs> so the everyday people is an online publication which I started uh, twenty sixteen late July. It's like uh, two years old. And it's basically a storytelling platform where I interview everyday Singaporeans, as the, ty- as the name of the publication might suggest, or people who are based in Singapore. So it's supposed to be um, inspirational, motivational, and the p- stories are supposed to be honest and real. 
uh, and the whole point of me doing it is because I, for a moment, I just thought there's so much toxic content out there, especially on the world wide web, and I thought we needed to go back to things which really mattered, which correct, was correct. which was like um, I don't know solidar- uh, solidarity, um, h- racial harmony, I guess. Um, and all that good stuff. So I just wanted to have a, something to sort of juxtapose against all the garbage that's out there. Yeah, that's that's very noble. That's a very noble cause. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, but I think you're right in in terms of like things being toxic out there. I think I think until this very day when there are days when I just I have I always have BBC on when I'm when I'm in the car. For real. Yeah, BBC World Service on, right? But sometimes Intense. yeah, sometimes it just comes to the point where all the news are bad news. Mm-hmm. It's people dying. This guy wants to go to war with that guy. This guy just got killed. And then, like, it just comes to the point where I'm like, okay, let's not even listen to the radio at all. I, and, and, and I think, like, people like you come to bring to light what news can be. And it's, it's, it's not just about bad things. It could be also about good things. Yeah, precisely. I mean, I don't sugarcoat stuff. And it's not just, like, happy stuff there. I mean... The beauty about an honest story is that a person can share something that's real, like can share can share a dark moment in a person's life, and the beauty is in how that person overcame that adversity, and there's a beauty in how they flip a negative situation into a positive one. Right. So it's not just like a happy platform, like a happy storytelling platform for the sake of being a hunky dory happy storytelling platform. How do you end up with this weirdo then? He was destiny. Okay, why don't why don't we do and tell you how I first? Yeah, met him? since you don't have much to talk to, about. To be honest, I forgot. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> honest, I forgot. <laughs> I'm so offended right now. This guy whacks for you, man. Come on. I'm just giving you an opportunity to tell. I'm I'm, I'm still here with my voice. Come. How okay, do you mean? Okay, okay. So, Ridwan was actually the first athlete that oh, yeah, I interviewed. Correct, correct. I think was it 2017? I think so. So because I was, I was. Uh, winning and I was making headlines and somebody needs to cover me from the angle of being a human because I'm a nice human being <laughs> but you know some would say <laughs> most would say so I think he uh, he I think he got my contact then we decided to meet up and chat we have some prata also so that shows we have special bonding and then um was it nasi biryani or prata? I it was know, nasi biryani. I forgot. I forgot yeah, what, yeah, yeah, prata is our thing, bro. Don't <laughs> you dare do it with anyone <laughs> don't else. Don't be <laughs> yeah, so after that, then he wrote a story about me, I think two or three times. Then there's a video. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he helps to promote my fights, my event, uh, my the events that I was fighting in. So that's pretty much how we met. Yeah. I mean, how often do you meet like a, internet, like a world boxing champion from Singapore? So... It was just a natural thing for me to contact him, to interview for him to be the first athlete on the yeah, everyday. Technically, people. not yet world champion, but yeah, fair enough. Well, I take it UFO world champion, right? <laughs> UFO, UBO, UBO idiot, <laughs> all those uh, yeah. all those bo's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> one bo. But uh, yeah. I mean, tell us, tell us more more about your background. Where where you know what kind of studies do you do and wh- what do you do for work and stuff like that? Oh, so this goes way back. Uh, so I studied mass communication. Uh, at Nian Polytechnic from the School of Film and Media Studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, in my final year, I specialized in print journalism. Right. Uh, I mean, th- those that was one of the three electives. Um, but when it came to transitioning from school to 
the real working world, I decided to pursue publishing. Right. Uh, so it was a bit tough uh, because back then people did not recognize like a diploma. Uh, the diploma they recognized like a degree certificate. Uh, so the earlier years was me. I mean, it saw me interning, uh, doing lots of freelance assignments, and then I decided to go back to school to finally get my degree, and that was when I got my first full-time job as a travel writer uh, at. A hotel booking site. Uh, it's called AsiaRooms.com. I'm not <laughs> sure where they've heard of it. Is it something you want? Sounds kinky. Is it something you want to do? Uh, travel writing. Yeah. Uh, I've always wanted to, cause I come from a print journalism background, so I always thought to be a writer in Singapore, you have to write for a magazine or a, or a newspaper. So the thought of going, of making the transition to online was something which I did not really plan, mm-hmm. but I think it was a blessing in disguise simply because. No, they say that print is dying, correct? And you know, people are making the shift to digital. And I mean, I was not a travel person. Mm. The idea of traveling solo never crossed my mind, but I guess it came. I mean, it, wa- it was one of the perks of being a travel writer. So you got um, to travel with your job. I got to travel across Southeast Asia for wow. two years, and the only reason why I left that job was because uh, the company shut down. Aww. So the the big boss from Manchester flew down one day, mm-hmm. and he basically said, "Ah, so from today onwards, uh, Asia rooms is no more." Mm-hmm. That kind of so, sucks. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I guess that's the end of. If something is too good to be true, it probably is. So it was a good two year stint, uh, and then from there, I just continue writing for online platforms uh, until I decided to start my own platform. Are you, are you still doing freelance work now? Or, or I still do uh, because the everyday people is not something that can financially sustain me, at least for now. Uh, I do make some money out of it, uh, but to make sure that my parents don't disown me <laughs> uh, and that I stay financially afloat, I do have to juggle a bunch of part-time work and freelance work. Re- yeah. Yeah, I think I think media work these days is very very difficult. Like for you, you're in you're in print and publishing, right? And uh, I'm in broadcast. I'm in television, and now again, everything is going digital. Mm-hmm. And I have I ha- I had the same experience with uh, as you had when your boss came down from Manchester. So I remember. Uh, so I worked for ESPN Star Sports for Ooh. around two three years. Nice. And then we got bought over by Fox International, so oh. we became Fox Sports Asia. And you know, with with every acquisition, there will be retrenchments. Mm-hmm. So at that point of time, we I was on a rolling twelve month contract, and one day, well, everybody knew that if you are being called into the big room, it means that you are either getting uh, let go mm-hmm. or you're getting promoted. <laughs> so all the all the junior staff had to go in, and everybody that went in before me were. Uh, we'll let go. Oh, right. So, I went in, and uh, and and it was it was so funny that they did because they had to rush through the post the process. They didn't do one on ones. They had to do two by twos. Oh. So sensitive. I was with, so I was with this <laughs> guy. Uh, his name is Fraser, Fraser Morton. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Fraser. Fra- shout out to Fraser who has gone on to amazing things. I forgot what his <laughs> website is called, but he's gone on to amazing things. Uh so me and him went in and then uh we got told that we were going to get uh, we were going to be let go by the end of the month. And 
Fraser is a Scottish guy and he's the nicest Scottish guy you've ever met. But that was the one time when he went all red and just bang on the table. He's like, how could you do this to us? And you know, me being me, it was my first ever retrenchment. Like I, my view of retrenchment is very bad because I've been through a few retrenchments with my dad, uh, you know, being retrenched. So I was just like, oh God, this is happening to me. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I never thought this would happen to mm-hmm. me, but this is happening to me. Uh, so we both got retrenched. Uh, luckily for me, fa- oddly enough, a week later, I got a call back from Fox and they're like, hey, there's a vacancy in our uh, motorsports team. Do you want to, you know, you're the motorsports guy in news. Do you want to join us up? And I was like, do I want to? <laughs> of course I do. So do I need to? Yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely needed to. I had a bike back then and stuff. Uh, so I think. What bike were you riding? <coughs> don't want to tell you. You're bluffing. Yes, no I'm photo, bluffing. no video, nothing. That, that I think at the time I was th- I was on my first bike, which was an X1. X1. Yeah, it's oh. You know, yeah, humble. I had, a, I had a bike also. I'm a humble guy. Yeah, same. Forget. <laughs> Stop I telling me you I want X1 R. You, you no, okay, yours is R. Mine is not. Mine is the cheaper X1 version. R, we don't but anyways, not important. What important? What's important is that my retrenchment story turned into a good ending story because yeah. I was the only one inside that retrenchment group that actually got called back called back because you're cheap n- <laughs> listen called back and not only was i offered a job instead of a contract job i was given a permanent job mm. boom so i i kind of got promoted because of the retrenchment you tell fraser uh no i hope no fraser knows fraser knows he only just found out Fraz- by the way by the way fraser morton is now doing Really good stuff. I think he for a website which you cannot remember. I cannot remember the website. I'm really sorry, but I think he recently went to the North Pole for Net Geo. Oh, wow. cool! Wow, that's uh, legit, legit. So wow. he's and he's apparently he's sponsored by Sony. Okay. So Fraser and he has a really hot girlfriend. So well uh, done, Fraser. Fraser, it's a bit weird to say. I hope you're hearing <laughs> this. I remember you, man. <laughs> Don't forget me. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember your girlfriend. That's all. <laughs> that's all he remembers. <laughs> he remembers your hot girlfriend. Well, yeah, who doesn't, right? But, yeah, I mean, from... from, I, I think you, you can relate to this. Like, from being a journalist in Singapore, it's it's not really easy, is it? Oh, it's not, bro. Um, even just getting a job you know, to begin with was very difficult. Um, I had to part-time at Starbucks during my... Like, straight after national service. Mm. I actually considered... Uh, signing on because I was from the Singapore Civil Defense Force, mm. and you know that's financial security, and I was getting a bit passionate about that whole rescue life. So you were uh, a fireman. You wanna be a fireman? Back then, I was really okay. considering it, but then I told myself if I did not give myself the chance to pursue my writing passions, I would, you know, like the fireman thing. I can always go back to it, but this writing thing. But actually, it doesn't really make sense. You can always go back to writing anyways. But back then, I just thought that this was the hot time to pursue my writing as, uh, aspirations. But it was just so d- difficult for me to get a full-time job. So I had to like part-time at Starbucks. And I, to- I remember telling the manager back then, you know, I'm only going to be here for like two months. <laughs> After that, uh, the new paper, they're going to hire me. Uh, so, you know, that's it. And I ended up staying for two years at Starbucks. Well done. <laughs> uh, and I did a free internship for three months at a magazine just for a portfolio while part-timing at Starbucks. 
I remember working like a seven day week where from Mondays to Fridays, I would intern at this magazine. And on Friday night, Saturday and Sunday afternoon, I would be at Starbucks. And on Sunday before I went to Starbucks, I would give tuition. Oh, there's a lot of hard That work, was for like a three months. And I was like, what is this going to amount to? And then I got that travel writing job. So I guess that kind of like... Yeah, you might stop complaining about life. See, what's happening... I was just going to say, one, all you do is box. So look at us. We <laughs> have to hustle. You All you do is box. Yeah, one. yeah, whatever. You wake up early, you go for a run. That's what happens to talented people. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're not talented then. That's what you're trying to say. Mm, excluding him, just you. Yeah, sure. But I'm with him though. Boxing is legit hard though. At, at his level anyways. Oh, somebody knows his good stuff. Well, if I was... Uh, if if I was training every day, I have no excuse not to be at Leo level. What's the keyword? <laughs> if. Yeah. Well, if, well, if, I if, if boxing if can fit my family, I'll be a boxer. Mm, okay. okay. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, do you do you firmly believe that you can continue being a writer in Singapore? Uh, I mean, it depends on how you view the occupation of a writer. I think at this day and age, um, the the platforms that you can write for, it's definitely different from the platforms that you were able to write for in the past. I mean, now you can start your own blog and you can declare yourself a writer and you can actually monetize your blog. Mm. I mean, I personally don't consider a blogger a writer because that's an insult to all the thousands of dollars I spend <laughs> on my education. Mm, right. uh, and there's a difference between a writer and a blogger. But I think that you have to be smart and adapt mm-hmm. um, with the times. And like for me, the only reason why I can sustain and keep my passion was because I decided to just start my own website. I cannot see myself working for another person. I mean, the the biggest motivation for me starting the website was actually I was sick and tired of working for other people. I just remember being on a bus on the way home one day and telling myself, I I vividly remember telling myself I'm never going to work for another imbecile ever again. Mm -hmm. This was after like a really bad day. I had an an altercation with my boss. I was like, man, why, why do I do this to myself? So I decided like, no, I, I've had this number of years in online publishing. Uh, why don't I just start something on my own? And that's the only reason why I'm still able to have my passion for, for writing and editing. Uh-huh. Obviously, no one is paying my monthly salary now uh-huh. the same way. But yeah. But how much work you put on uh, this everyday people SG thing? Is it like everyday, a lot of hours? Uh, it is. Uh, or you just decide, I'm going to go out and take a photo of somebody and get a story? Initially, before I launched the website, so you have a backlog of stories, right? Mm-hmm. So that when you launch it, you will never run out of stories to publish once every two days or something. Mm-hmm. But then as life got busier and my freelance jobs like caught up with me, uh, there were moments where I wouldn't publish anything for like a week mm-hmm. and it would be really awkward for me because it's very important that uh, I have like the a consistent number yeah. of page views because that would like ad- attract advertisers and all that because they will be asking like what's your page view like like you know what's your frequency like uh, but now I've reached the stage where I admit that I need a small team so thankfully I do have a bunch of people who reached out to me and said that they really want to contribute mm-hmm. and I do pay them uh, I can't pay them as much as you know like a like a legit employer for example but um yeah, sometimes like when you need help, the universe just opens up and conspires 
you know, in your favor. So these people, I'm quite fortunate that they sort of, you know, I, I'm assembling my team of Avengers to like help <laughs> me before I collapse and die or something. I I, re- I think I really respect people, individuals like you who, Thanks, man. you know, dare to do it on your own. Uh, it's it's something that I always thought about, but I've never had the guts to do, especially now with a family and and responsibilities and a cat. Then you have a podcast. Yeah, well, this is this is diff- this is a step into that. But also using me to step into something that you yeah, want. Yeah, well, I told you I'm a redon dick rider. Yeah. Just gonna <laughs> ride your fame you until I get money. You know what I mean? Okay. You're just leveraging on yeah. you. Everybody is. Everybody is smart. Yeah, when and but you know, I just I just have to ask, like when you you know you had that bad day and you're like, all right, I'm gonna do this on my own. Mm-hmm. How do your parents take that? Oh, even till this very day, my mom especially is still on my throat about, <laughs> you know, like where when are you gonna get a real job? Uh, you know, like you're gonna be homeless one day. You have no CPF in your, you know, you have no CPF to buy a house. You're gonna be homeless. Like when all when your parents die, where are you gonna stay? <laughs> uh, she said that on my birthday. Like you know, the reason why she's been like so she hard on me. Two weeks ago, that's what happened. That was two mothers. weeks ago. Sucks, <laughs> but she, she said it in a very. She might be watching this for real. <laughs> so she said it in a very uh, uh sentimental way, way, in a loving way. Uh, but I do not. I mean. Obviously, there are days where you just question <laughs> uh, your direction in life and whether this is going to amount to anything. Uh, but I, for some reason, maybe it's with turning 31, I just felt that 2019 would open up opportunities for me. I mean, there have been some opportunities that presented themselves um, to further develop the website and hopefully you know, monetize it. Uh, so I'm just you know you you take it a day at a time you take it you climb one mountain at a time uh, that's how I would approach it what or kind of companies or people will approach you to to develop the whole thing that you're doing this project that you're doing so you can get money out of it food uh, so initially so the everyday people is not just a platform for storytelling mm. so there I had I had to be quite business savvy with it so yeah. I made sure that there is a lifestyle component to it so that lifestyle brands can hop on and you know hopefully mm. one day when my website becomes a household name like brands like Uniqlo would want to yeah. advertise uh, on the website uh, but strangely enough I did not expect to have my first client uh, in my second year but I did Mm-hmm. And uh, there was this uh, organization called uh, Iskos. Shout out to Iskos because they do really awesome stuff. Shout out do to they reach out? Do they reach out to you or you have to reach out to them? They reached out to me wow. actually. Okay, okay. So they are this group that uh, helps ex-offenders in Singapore mm-hmm. uh, reintegrate into society and they, help, and they do that by helping them with uh, employment because it's very difficult for ex-offenders ex-offenders to find jobs yeah. because of discrimination and stigma and all that so this East Coast really does amazing things in terms of job matching and they also help uh, the families of ex-offenders because it's not just the ex-offenders who are affected mm-hmm. it's the kids the wife the husbands so they really provide emotional support um, but the thing is when you mention East Coast nobody knows of East Coast yeah, yeah this is the first time I'm hearing precisely so you, you might know of the Yellow Ribbon Project right so that's the mainstream so they are people behind it no they're not the, they, they are a separate entity mm-hmm. but they do sort of 
interlap in some way but they, they they came to me because they wanted me to sort of do soft marketing for them right so it's basically so what we did was we created uh, a series called humans of east coast so where where i interview uh ex-offenders who benefited from their programs mm. uh, also people within the organization who are doing all this amazing work uh, on the front lines that uh, regular people like you and i would p- probably not know uh, but they are out there talking to all these people uh, and also partners and volunteers um, so they wanted me to sort of highlight these individuals so so as to you know just shine a light on East Coast. I think I think this is uh, what East Coast is doing is is a subject that I think Redon is very involved with right I mean ex-offenders and, yeah. and all that. I mean, yeah I mean I have a few uh, I mean I did a few talks in prison so when I walk in there you can you cannot imagine how much people are cheering I am super famous in <laughs> I am humility I, I wonder in what kind of way I don't know but it's like they are super excited to see me and I'm excited to see them and some uh, some of them have heard my story like more than more than once but each time they listen it's like they're listening for the first time yeah. and um there's something that in there's su- there's just something in their eyes and the way they shake your hand, the way they just want to ask you questions. Some even though some are a bit weird, like I don't want to say, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think I think they are they're all humans too. I mean, sometimes we forget we're just too busy with our own lives and we're just moving forward so fast, the pace, and we just forget there are these kind of people that actually needs our help, needs our support. And actually, Yellow Ribbon Project before before going to prisons and talking to these prisoners, right, these offenders. It is just a yellow ribbon project, but now there's there it seems to be some some more a bit more significance to it after knowing them as as people because I get to see them see them in their white and black shorts, so it's it's really sad. Some stories are sad. Some of the sometimes I would think you know they get themselves into that situation, but they are really times a lot of times they are just born into it, so it's a bit hard. It's a bit sensitive. Like some. I don't know, it's a, it's a very messed up, it's a very messed up world up, up, out there. Even though in Singapore, we're not as ghetto as like streets in New York, for example, but these things happen here in Singapore and I think these people need their voice to be heard. So I'm quite glad these everyday people as this, this your, the project you're working on is working with what? ISCO? ISCOS. Yeah. ISCOS. So I think this is a good step, not just about making money, it's also about making an impact, making a positive change. So I think that's what we need. Do they Where have a website or something that people can go to? Uh, Plug them in. I can't remember their URL specifically, but just Google Iscos. How do you spell it? Uh, I-S-C-O-S. You will definitely find them. Yeah, just go through Everyday People SG. If not. Yeah. Cool, cool. Now, Everyday People SG, uh, I've, I've seen very different kind of people on it. Mm-hmm. Don't How lie, you, you just saw it. <laughs> Like five minutes before yeah, the interview started. Yeah, before you came. Downstairs. While <laughs> <laughs> having a smoke. Uh, oh, might as well. Yeah. Uh, that's besides the point. <laughs> I went and I looked. Okay. Uh, and, you know, te- tell me what's the process like into choosing an individual for for what you want to do? Uh, originally, I interviewed friends because I was very doubtful that strangers would open up to a stranger, you know, especially with no portfolio <laughs> to show, like, mm-hmm. hi, can I just know about your deepest, darkest secret, <laughs> like, in the next five minutes? <laughs> so I, I so I had to interview friends, uh, and from there, friends of friends. Um, so initially, it was 
anyone under the sun. Basically, if they were my friends and they were willing to do it, right. um, I would feature them just to have something to show to people in the future. But now I'm at a stage where I'm a bit more selective, selective, uh, because I know what people resonate with and I know what kind of profiles would respond really well. Uh, so stories about the marginalized minorities. Uh, people who overcome, who who've overcome certain adversities, those kind of stories do really, really well. Uh, and I'm also fortunate because now people actually reach out to me, be it via Facebook or email or Instagram, and they say that they have a story that they want to share, or they know of someone who with a really, really powerful story that you might want to consider featuring on a website. But you so don't feature their names, right? You don't. Sh- do you I, say their names? I do share their names. Oh, they uh, don't mind. They. That's interesting. Um, I mean, some people when I talk to them, I'm the one who feel a certain uh, a certain kind of way because they open up so much, right. and I have to like prompt them. Like, are you really sure that you want to share this with the world wide web? Because once it's up there, it's gonna be up there. I mean, I can take it down, but like, why why waste the why waste all the effort yeah. in putting up that story in the first place? And yeah, some of them are really really open. And they told me that it's more important that their stories. Yeah, get I think you're told. like you're like a counselor on the move. You have to face. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I, think I think what what it does is is actually a compliment to your own individual skill yeah. when they thanks, really man. open up to you. Oh, thanks. Because not not everybody wants to open up. Firstly, like you said, mm-hmm. but if you really take the time, uh, but even if you really take the time, some people will just not open up to you. But I'm I'm pretty sure they they kind of resonate and they connect to you. That's why they open up to you. Uh, I've I've been in the media line for eight, seven, eight years and mm-hmm. I've, I've interviewed a lot of people and, and, you know, the thing about famous people is is they have a PR manager, mm-hmm. they have uh, people telling them what to say all the time. So it's very rare for me to to actually get under their skin get and, and, and you know, get to know what they really feel. But I, I understand when you say that sometimes you feel some way when you interview a person uh, and you actually doubt whether you should be the one telling the story. And I remember uh, a national bowler, Shaina Ng. Oh, I've interviewed her before. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so great she, person, great person. she's a, I think she's also a world champ. She is. She's yeah. a world champ. Uh, and, you know, when, when I started talking to her and then she just opened up about uh, how she had a lot of mental issues that she had to go through uh i'm not sure if it's depression or not or was it pressure but she was very open about it you know she said she got people in to talk to about it and build herself up and stuff like that and and you know when when i go out and tell sports stories sports stories are supposed to be motivational stories Mm -hmm. but there is a limit to how much you actually want to go deep into it Mm -hmm. because you don't want you know, the thing is, if you're doing a sports story and say, for instance, if I'm doing Ridwan and mm-hmm. I tell, you know, Ridwan tells me like, oh, you know, I have this soft spot on my right neck, you know, and stuff like that. And I, and I, and I tell it and I tell to <laughs> the you whole world. you have a soft world, spot on your right and, and I tell it to the whole world and everybody wants to beat up the soft spot on, on, on his neck, right? People will like try to attack you in that way because sports is a game mm-hmm. and you like always try to get as much advantage, advantage as you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for her to open up like that, it's really it was really uh, it was really inspiring to me, and and you know after that she 
you know, we had a talk and stuff like that. I realized that, oh, she's not going to open up to anyone mm-hmm. or everyone that speaks to her. You know, you got to talk to her in a certain way and you really got to earn her trust. In that five minutes, that's five minutes for you to earn a trust. Totally. So I think if you feel, if you keep on feeling that way when you're interviewing people, you're on the right track, man. But, you know, on the flip side of that coin, there have been certain people who, like, have cold feet just before you publish their stories. And they sort of tell you, ah, just hold on for a second, don't publish it yet. And then they just vanish. They just disappear on you. You make them sign anything before? No, I don't. Because I... Oh, you, know, uh, you, you can or you cannot? I can, but I choose not to simply because the fact that if I have to make it such a formal process, it's mm. just going to kill that level of intimacy with them. Yeah. I mean, to me at least, but I guess the smart thing to do is to make them sign yeah, I something. Thought, I thought maybe they might, it might go against you. Like you, you post it up and they say, no, I, do, I didn't ask you to post it up. Then you get lawyers knocking on your door or something. I suddenly feel as though I, I need to hook myself up with a lawyer or something. No, Protect no, yourself no. at all times, boxing. <laughs> Protect yourself at all times. In actual fact, I'm, I'm actually thinking right now that we should have got you to sign something before I you can went. sign anything <laughs> with my blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one brought it up, but he forgot to, to make the form. Hey, that's your job. <laughs> well, I guess it is. Yeah, but you know what? You, you cover sports, right? Yes. I think athletes are the most... like interesting people to interview it must be a dream job to interview yeah, athletes athletes are boring people I think most of, most of us are boring I am boring yeah you are and a lot of <laughs> and a lot of other athletes you see the silence yeah. there? it's, <laughs> like it's we, consent like we wanted to counter it yeah but, but we, we just can't I'm sorry yeah but I think uh, athletes are fun to interview mm-hmm. uh, it's just that you gotta for somebody like Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm have you talked to him? Yes, yeah, I've, I've talked to him a few times. I'm fortunate enough to talk to him a few times. It Talking to him once is like him talking to a robot. <laughs> Sorry, it's like I'm talking to a robot. Because that's that's not a compliment. He will give you standard answers mm. because, because he sees you once and that's it, right? So once a year, Singapore Grand Prix rolls into town. That's when usually I get to, to interview him with Fox. And... You know, when you see him once a year, that's it. Where else? Uh, I was fortunate enough to follow a few races in MotoGP. Mm-hmm. And I actually got some really good friendships with some of the riders itself. And that's when you actually enjoy interviewing them. Like one of them was, and it just happens to be that he's Malay. So it's <laughs> Hafiz Sharin. Is that Malay connection? Huh? Hafiz Sharin <laughs> is a Malaysian rider who... Uh, <laughs> This year became the first rider to ride in MotoGP. And, you know, I was... uh, I interviewed him like five years back when he was still in the junior classes. So until now, we do keep in touch, which is really nice. Uh, But other than that, honestly, sometimes it's... Once you've interviewed one person, you kind of feel like you've interviewed all of them. Oh, really? Yeah, unfortunately, it's... I do multiple sports, but I still feel that way sometimes. Especially when it comes to the bigger global stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I did. I think the latest one I did was uh, Caroline Wozniacki. And before that was Martina Hingis. Mm-hmm. And both the tennis? Yeah, tennis. Both of them are tennis players. Both of them so beautiful. <laughs> but uh, very similar answers. 
very similar answers to very different questions. So they have been trained from a very young age to answer a certain way. Mm, yeah. <coughs> so unless you know them personally or you really sit down and you know you spend some time with them which is impossible which is impossible because most of these superstars like for instance formula one you have to put in an interview request maybe six months ahead whoa why it's a bit ridiculous it it might sound ridiculous but it totally makes sense because they get so many interview requests Redon will be like that one day like hey Redon can I interview you I can be like different people uh, to different reporters like some days I just open up some days I'm just like quiet some days I just like want to open I just want to tell everything so it really depends on the person I mean for me if the person shows that they're not like haven't done any homework or just like read about me like five minutes ago for example (laughs) I mean just it's just it's just a bloody turn off I'm different people. I'm different to different people, basically, for me. And I think that's a good thing about fighting uh, as a professional fighter. I think as an amateur boxer, you still need to respect uh, Sports Singapore and the rules, the conduct of being an athlete representing Singapore. But as a professional athlete, I can be whoever I want. I can I can be vulgar. I can be the good boy next door, <laughs> the quiet boy. I can be whatever I want. So that's why my character keeps changing, I think. He's so a chameleon. So you choose... You choose who you want to open up to. Yeah, I, I just choose to be boring with you because I just don't want you to like go up. Sure, bro. <laughs> very, very sure. What? What, Arman? <laughs> yes. We're we're not here to talk about Redwan. Yeah. Na- <laughs> we've we've talked up enough about Redwan. Uh, tell tell us one of the most weirdest story you've ever heard or ever had an interview with. Weirdest. Yeah. What well, is a difficult one? This is where we have a, like an awkward like ten second silence. Pretty sure there's someone out there who's weirder than red one. Weird. Oh man. Have I ever met someone who was weird? If the person was weird, I would not approach them to begin with. Oh, but then I wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know, weird. right? I mean, oh, weird when story. Weird story, maybe. I can share with you like a really funny story. Sure. Like, like some people. Before I actually approach them, or when once I tell them that I'm from the everyday people, th- there will be a rare occasion where they tell me that oh I've heard of that pla- of that website before, and th- when they read a story, right, they assume that everything that they read is exactly what the person would say verbatim, mm. but they don't understand that there's a process behind it. Like you interview someone, you transcribe the interview, that you have to edit the copy so that it seems like very seamless. Mm. So sometimes they assume that how an interview go, how an interview goes is that they, to be perfect and they just, that. no, they would just vomit out every single aspect of their lives. Okay. Of their life and you know how an interview is you're supposed to structure it, you ask a question, a person answers. That way the person who's interviewing can sort of make sense of what the person is sharing yeah. with you. But this person would just rejudge it. There was like two people who just vomit out every single thing. And I'm the kind of person who feels who doesn't feel comfortable asking a person to like stop talking because <laughs> I feel very rude. You're, you're you're too polite. So after an hour I just get super zapped because I'm so tired listening to every single wow. thing. And Shit. I actually pay a transcriber because I no longer have the luxury of time to transcribe all my interviews. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I would usually tell my transcriber, this is going to be a long one. You'll probably want to tear your hair out, you know, have coffee, you know. So yeah, that's one of the funnier incidents, I guess, interviewing someone. See, one is talking about you. 
You talk non-stop. You you talk non-stop, dude. You did a job by Dexter, so get give him a chance. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll be nice. But anyway, I I've seen one of the stories that I really like. There's this guy. I don't know if he, you put his name on it or not. He was talking about his past love, and then he had the heart. He had the heart problem or something. The heart problem. Was it him or was it? Was that girl? your imagination one? No, 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 no. <laughs> then he he loved the girl. Then he was always cheating on her still. Oh, and then r- but then whatever. How many wrong. years later they're still like together and stuff like yeah. that. That guy. He does not have a heart problem. No, he only has a difference. But maybe you, oh, are you Iman? Sorry, are you referring to like a an emotional, heart. like an emotional <laughs> heart problem I or like know, a physical? I, heart I just problem. know that he had a he had a girlfriend that yeah, wrong. He, they were they were very close friends and they became they got together. They somehow they they're not together again. The girl got with somebody else. Did they get married? Even the girl, uh, they did no. not get married. So but they are still very very close friends, right? They so that that story was one of those moments where. I had to ask him like, "Are you sure you want me to share all of this? Because this is really personal." Yeah, nobody will go out and say, "Oh, I cheated on her and stuff like that." But he just opened up and he just brought the pureness of love, man. It was like, "Oh, you you were feeling the feels." Yeah, man, I was feeling the feels. <laughs> now I, <laughs> I almost cried when reading about that. Seriously? Yeah, I was tearing. Then I was talking to Rizal about it also. So it was like, you were talking yeah. to Rizal about it. What did he say? I can't remember. He's got and, no and heart. Take note, <laughs> and take note, this is a guy who did not cry when he got defeated. But he read your story and he almost cried. I cried. I did not even know that. Wait, yeah, okay. I'm always crying. Especially when I see your face. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, so I like I like this. I like the, the story from this guy. Thanks. Now I remember the one with the heart problem is the guy who went to NS and stuff like that. I must also about the same about Also about the same line. But then... Yeah, whatever. There are a lot of stories. So I you must go, have interviewed so many everyday people. people SG. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What What about What about telling us the most inspirational story? Yes, to be me. Of you've course. ever had. <laughs> Apart from Ridwan's yeah, story, uh, obviously, yeah. of like the. You're just saying that because you're on the show. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> okay, carry on. Um, I think it's one of my more more recent stories that I published. Uh, with uh this lady who's also thirty one, she's our age, and I can't believe it because she seems like such an old soul. Mm. Uh, she uh, old soul or does she look old? Dude, she's <laughs> an old soul. Um, so she her name is Liana, and she was actually homeless and pregnant. Wow. And she was living on Sembawang Beach with her two kids while she was pregnant with her husband Damn. for uh, how long was it? For like three months. Wow. Because her mother-in-law kicked them out of her house on the morning of Hari Raya. Check that out. Oh. My heart just Check swam. that out. So this story is on uh, your Everyday People SG Instagram? Yes, yeah, it is. You got on the website. Then. Yeah, it's on her face is there too. So why she... How did she survive? How did she survive? So, on new, okay, so she went to all the different agencies that can help homeless people, but all of them rejected her. I think her breaking point was when one of them told her that, you know, we have a long queue, we have a long list of families looking for shelter. Uh, you have to be on the waiting list. It's a first come, first serve basis. Uh, why don't you consider staying at a hostel in Geylang for $18 per, per night? Mm-hmm. And she gave up after that. But on, and this is where you really feel like your faith in humanity is restored because on the, the day before New Year's Eve, she there were the, uh, there were two people who were who were, who were pushing this trolley of containing tin biscuits, right? And so they were distributing these biscuits to every homeless 
person on Sembawang Beach. Apparently, there are plenty of homeless people on Sembawang Beach. I had no idea. Well, this is scary place to stay in also. And they and she was very hesitant to approach them, but they approached her and she told them about the the challenges that she went through. And the next day, uh, she had multiple phone calls from people who wanted to give her a shelter. And they turned out to be edit- these people who were pushing th- those trolleys. They were uh, editors from the online citizen. Oh, and they wrote okay. in to like, the MP in her constituency. And they were the ones who sort of got people to help her out. So yeah. we did one day? Uh, like the day after. Oh, it's just the constituency can do work. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised. Well, they ignore him, they <laughs> really ignoring you. Well, well, this, this, this is one of the things which this podcast wants to highlight, which is the problems that everyday Singaporeans have. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's an athlete problems or professional problems. Everybody got problems in just different kinds of problems, and you know, today you just open up, you just open me up to to knowing that. I like I have no idea that there were so many homeless people in Singapore. Like I've read a few articles about how there were people living under under expressways and all that, but I mean thankfully there was a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But, but I imagine the ten more those on the waiting list still waiting. Yeah. Like I'm pretty like sure I know you're homeless but you need I know you're homeless but you need to be more homeless so we can help you like kind of situation. Stay in a hostel in Geelang for eating. So so night. so when you when you get your hands on this kind of stories, mm-hmm. does it pump you up? You know, when you write you you're like, I gotta I gotta get this out because you know you get extra motivated by this? I do. I do feel a sense of responsibility just because you are dealing with someone's life story. I mean, to me, at uh, at times when I get really pressured by deadlines, uh, it just seems like a matter of something that I have to do. Mm-hmm. It's like on my list of to do. Uh, but when I really take the time to read the transcript and you know read the edited version of their stories, I realize that there there has there is a res- a sense of responsibility in telling this person's story and telling it right because. This story can help so many other people yeah. who, 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 who you know, who read it. You never know; someone else might be homeless, or someone else might be going through a really shitty situation in their lives, and you never know how a story of that nature might just pull them out of a funk. Yeah, yeah. This is why I prefer, and I'm fortunate enough to have chosen s- sports journalism, because I don't have. Most of the time, I don't have to sit on the moral fence. Mm. Uh, I think people who write about life, people, who, any other kind of news, you know, like you yourself, like you guys, need to have that high sense of uh, morality in order to do what is right. Whereas in sports, thankfully, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, Factual. if it's a goal, it's a goal. If the w- the referee says it's yeah. a goal, it's a goal, and and I think that makes my job a lot easier than your job. But you're, but now you're you know you're hosting a podcast where you're going to be interviewing so many different people. Yeah, but I think I think <laughs> I think this this podcast is a chat. It's a mm-hmm. talk. You know, it's just two guys and a couch and and a guest. Uh, we just want to know what you guys go through on an everyday basis. You know. Uh, because I believe that everybody has a has a story to tell, mm-hmm. 
uh, and this is a platform for their story to be told. Yeah. Yeah. And and I like I said, I I think it's a good thing that. I think it's a good thing that that story. There must be a reason why the universe gave that story to you, mm-hmm. and not to anyone else because someone else might have spun it a different way. You know, it was actually published on another platform as well, but I was one of the few that managed to feature. That's yeah. always important in in uh, in the print world, isn't do you, it? Do you have any idea what sh- how she doing now? Oh, she did really well. So, um, even in the context of the art of her story, she actually managed to, um, now now she's living in her own home. She actually uh became a businesswoman. She wow. got in, she got really into entrepreneurship, awesome. uh, and she is successful. And she actually left her then husband because she told me that um, and this I shared in the article. Uh, while she was making all this effort to better herself, uh, her husband was so- her then husband was sort of tattooing. Like he wasn't willing to put in the work yeah. to, and he stopped being the breadwinner. So now she left her ex-husband. Uh, she remarried. Uh, she told me a lot about how it was a struggle for her to, you know, reconnect with someone else. So unfortunately, I couldn't squeeze every single thing into the mm, article. Mm, mm. Uh, but she's re- doing really well now, and she actually. Move. She moved into her n- home like a few weeks ago. So her life has really come full circle from wow. being homeless to actually owning her own home with her family. What's a, what's yeah. her name again? Liana Damira. You might want to chat up with her. Yeah, well, if Liana, if you're listening, good on you, man. Liana. Well done. <laughs> now, I think we can get a lot of people from these Everyday People SG. Just use my website. That's the data. <laughs> to like Everyday People SG. Drag. Follow that on Instagram. <laughs> Just to drag anyone you yeah, want we'll, to Yeah, we'll put couch. a link. Uh, in the description below. Uh, so m- now, Arman, when when you interview somebody, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just now it's very interesting where you say that there there needs to be a process. The interview is a process. To me, it's an art. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you prepare for interviews? Do you are you the type to write down questions, or are you the type? Well, for me myself, I think uh, I just like to chat. So no questions, no nothing. Just keep the conversation going as much as possible. Just like what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it depends on who I'm interviewing. If it's like Ridwan, for example. So his was quite a full-length uh, feature. Mm. So I needed to know as much about his background and his story as possible so that I don't make a jackass of myself when I interview him. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, but when it comes to like interviewing like everyday people on the streets or for example you're not supposed to know anything about that person to begin with so now it's quite a winged approach where you just sit down exactly like what you just said like you just sit down with a person you sort of explore their psyche and sort of you know really find out who they are and what they want to share um so with regards to this website it's pretty much impromptu yeah so what's the end goal for everyday people? The end goal for everyday people for now it's to make it a household name. Uh, I want en- everyone in Singapore to know. Like when you say the everyday people, oh, is that a website? Uh, I really love that website. Um, and also to maybe get more like clients on board, like East Coast, you know, uh, companies that are doing amazing things, and I would love to sort of shine, help them shine light on what they're doing. So it's like. Meaningful work that I can monetize—that would be the dream. Amazing for me, yeah. 
So okay, other than other than you know writing and stuff like that, what else do you enjoy doing? Photography. Yeah. Um, I was expecting him to say boxing though. Oh, uh, and boxing. Mm-hmm. Boxing has become my newest passion. Nobody as Ridwan when you are around Ridwan, as Ridwan <laughs> would tell you, I just had a boxing class yesterday. What? I didn't see you. Dude, I was there, like you sweating it out. Come on. Like I never see you train for like six months and then you suddenly appear just to take a photo, put on Instagram. Yeah, well, that's what I do. <laughs> it's just for Instagram. Did, did he recommend you to come here? No, I actually wanted to come here. Yeah. Did you get a free lesson? From him? No, he's just not giving me a single free lesson. He gave me a free lesson. Why did you give I him did. a free lesson? <laughs> I didn't give you a free lesson. You did give me a free lesson. I did. My first lesson was a free lesson. And then he refused to take me after that. <laughs> yep. I guess I was too good for you. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry to say this. Whatever. I was too good for you. Whatever. Now, Arman, uh, it's something that struck me just now was that uh, somehow we always end up talking about education on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that you were struggling a bit when you had your diploma. Mm-hmm. And then you actually went back to school to get your degree. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, do you do you still feel like it's it was justified for you to get a degree? Do you still believe that a degree is 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 important these days? If you were to ask me personally, I for me education is not a vanity thing. Like some people, they want to get like a degree just so that they can tell people that, you know, I have a degree. But to me, education is something that is supposed to equip you with just enough so that you can survive in the real working world. That That is as far as I can, you know, like measure the worth of education. Um, like where writing and photography is con- uh, a concern, everything that I learned, like the foundation was laid when I was... On the job, yeah. Uh, at Nian Polytechnic, actually. That was when I wrote for the campus newspaper in my final year. I was a photojournalist for the campus newspaper. I actually did graphic design for the campus newspaper. Um, I was helping run the f- uh, a magazine run by final year print students, which had national circulation in Singapore. So every single thing, the passion that I had for publishing, the skills that I picked up, it was actually all from my, from my poly years. When I went to university, it was mostly a business-oriented mass comm program. And the only reason why I actually chose that program was because it was 10 months. So right. it was like a shortcut to getting a degree. Uh, and it was part-time, so I could like work at Starbucks <laughs> in the daytime and actually go to school at night, uh, like three times a week. Uh, but I just, th- maybe it's improving now, but I think that Companies need to have a change in perception where SIDs are concerned. Like, you know, a diploma holder is just as valuable or just as much of an asset to a, to a company as a degree holder. I, I think, I think... Do you have a degree? Yes, I do. Oh, you do? Yes. What do you, what what? Do you think about it? Like, the whole thing? Do you? You don't, right? Oh, a degree not. in boxing? No, I don't. You don't have a degree in boxing? No, I don't. But well, you got a few belts. Doesn't count for anything. You don't know I have a degree? Of course it counts for a no, lot of y- things. You don't look like someone who has a degree. Oh, come <laughs> on. Uh, I, I brought it up because... Oh, yeah, you did. What, 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 you say you have a degree in Mescoms also? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I, I brought it up because uh, I think I served reservists a month ago. Mm-hmm. And you know how you 
there will be some NS guys and stuff like that that you mingle with in reserve. So one of the guys came up to me and, uh, you know, we were chatting and I asked him, so what are you going to do after NS? And he's like, I'm not too sure. I don't know whether I want to go and get a degree or not. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you do you have the, the grades to go to university? And it's like, yeah, I do. But I, I don't know whether it's it's worth it or if it's something that I require. So, in my own professional opinion, I I stand by what you said. It, edu- education teaches us the minimum. But I do also believe that a degree is a passport. Mm-hmm. A degree is a passport for you to get into the job market. Mm-hmm. And everything else from there is, is down to you. You have to yeah. prove yourself from then on. Yeah, I mean... A lot of a lot of people don't get opportunities because if you are a diploma holder and I'm a degree holder, a company would choose the degree holder, right? And and with the job market right now, where degree holders are willing to take diploma pay, it's even worse for diploma holders. And I and I always mm. I I do also think that other than the fact that it's a passport for you to to get a job just delay going into the workforce don't don't be too don't be too happy or too eager to become an adult as yeah, lo- but isn't it like good to have like some working experience because if you are just a degree holder but you have not worked at all or minimal work experience i think you're still going to lose out to somebody who has a diploma but has extensive work experience you can't say that you can't say you can't say that about doctors uh fair enough yeah but that was a legit point too, though. How how is that legit? Because it's from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, what was your point again? I, I forgot what I said. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you see what I mean, <laughs> dude? I was there's just no, like backing no you up. So, so get a degree. So That's right. I don't have a degree. 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 Yeah. So yeah. I went. So I went. I was into poly for one month. I hated the course. I quit. So I went to NS first. So I went to NS and I decided whether I should go to school. Obviously, I have to go back to uh, to a diploma course. So I went back to do a diploma course. Then so I passed and then uh, I did pretty well. Then I got I applied for NTU. I got into a- NTU. I got accepted. But at the same time, I had a bad breakup. So I wanted to go run away to Australia. That was stupid. So I applied for the Australian <laughs> University. I got it. But by the time I rejected the, the one in Singapore... <laughs> I had no money. I didn't have enough money to go to Australia to study, so I had to reject that. Then I went back to NTU. Then they said, "No, oh, too bad. You have to wait for the next." But then, by the time I already opened the gym, so win-win. Oh, that was quite a story. Yes, nice breakup though. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, but but well, you 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 went a very long route, but in in the end, you still yeah. You but I still wonder if I want to do um a degree because. Obviously, people associate me with sports and they expect me to go to do sports science degree, but I hate sports. I hate to do sports science. And uh, it's not something that I want. If I want to do a degree, it will probably be, I don't know, maybe marketing. I, I really like that for some reason. Marketing. You're Malay, right? Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Best comms. I don't know. I, I don't really like all this technical stuff. I just like, I don't know. I just love marketing. So I would go back and do mar- de- degree in marketing, not in sports science. No, wait, wait. But my question is, why af- Why did you go back to get your diploma after your national service? 
or one of the reasons was that when I was just busy boxing at a point of time, so I went to the gym and there's this youngster who's about maybe secondary school. So he came up. I know he's a bit of a troublemaker. So he came up to me and he said, "Hey, Ridwan, I want to be like you. Ah, uh, just go train. You need to go school. Need to do anything." <laughs> so I was like, "What the hell? You think you think I'm like that?" So I'm like giving off a. a I I feel like I'm giving off a bad impression that this is just you. You you need to do. You don't have to go to study. You have to do all that. So because of that, that idiot, I went back to school just to prove him wrong. But halfway, I really love studying. I really love studying. But do you? But do you think? Uh, do you think getting that diploma made you a better person? Better person, I think it's not the process of the studying, but the process of meeting people, the process of um slagging together for exams, and you get to know. I think the most important thing was the internship. At the end of the day, whatever you learn in class, it can only take you to a certain extent. And after that, it takes it takes character. It it takes your own hard work to to stand out. And that's where I met. Fi- uh, that's where I met Firus, and that's that's how we started this gym. Firus is the he's the co-owner of Legends Fight Sport together with me, and I mean he has always wanted to open a gym. The story is here. He has always wanted to open a gym when we were in poly, and I was against opening a gym. Hmm. But one day, like I said, I had a bad breakup, so I was on the sofa <laughs> at one p.m. I was like, Wait, wait, this sofa? This particular no, sofa? No, this okay. is yours. Uh, that is sofa. Uh, I hope not. So I was on on my sofa at home. So I'm just like laying, lazing around, being lazy, being being pathetic, heartbroken, heartbroken, and crying, shit. crying, listening to Blink One Eight Two. No, West Life. <laughs> West Life. That's the feels, man. <laughs> West Life. So. So I just, I, I just, I just sat up and said, "Shit, man, I hate myself. I'm just sick of being sick and sad." So I called Firus and said, "Hey, dude, let's open up a gym." And he was like, "Super, super happy." And I think, I think the point I'm saying it, I'm just saying it for the sake of saying it. Let's open a gym, <laughs> and I had to travel out to somewhere for a competition. So when I was back from that competition, then he came back and said, "Hey, dude, I found a space that we can make a gym." <laughs> I was like, "Shit, things just got real." <laughs> <laughs> so I need to find money now. And then that's how that's how the gym started because of one bre- because of one woman. I think like a woman to motivate you to do something with your life. Yeah, but <laughs> I hate. But the thing is, I hate it. That if she ever listens to this or she sees she reads a story about this, she would think that she's the reason that I made it. I made it. Nah, she's not. You are the reason you made it. Yeah, of course. I just want you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you fell into the trap. I fell right into it. What What about you, Arman? Do you Do you think that few years in university no the 10 months in, in in university you know make you more equipped for adult life i think okay first of all i really value all my friendships that i made uh when i was in uni because when i was studying part-time at uni right in uni uh the people which that uni was this uh the royal melbourne institute of technology but i was doing it at sim right um because the the group of students who took up this program, they were all working adults. And so that showed a certain level of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are already in the industry. Precisely. And the, the only reason why they wanted to take up the, the degree was because they wanted to further their um, careers. Mm-hmm. So I was in a pretty legitly adult crowd. Um, but in terms of improving my quality of life... Um, I mean, it obviously, it landed me my first job. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, it is a passport to getting a job. Um, it, it does significantly improve, uh, increases your probability of getting a job. Um, but it showed 
me to me at least it proved to me that I could be very resilient um because I guess at that age when I really was frustrated about my work my writing career not taking shape um I could have just given up and I don't know do something like my mom told me why don't you just chop passport the chop passport at the airport oh, or something or be a teacher I was nothing wrong nobody um, will watch this podcast I'm, I'm thinking the same as you like, nothing wrong with that <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing wrong with precisely I, I, sh- I actually considered doing it for a fraction of time but because I was so dead set on my writing career Um, it just showed to me that I was willing to do whatever it took mm, yeah. to actually pursue my aspirations and if it meant dragging my ass back to school three times a night, uh, three times a week at night, yeah, and I did it. And I actually managed to sort of prove to myself that I could be quite studious because I think in poly, you sort of, you know, when you're yeah. poly, you're a teenager, you wanted to be cool and... Ex- yeah, he, he has no idea what we're talking about because oh, he's, about not, he's not part of the poly, cool poly. <laughs> he's not cool at all. The, poly cl- the only poly even of polyclinic. Yeah, but I really start... You know what? I actually made a decision to avoid certain people uh, when I was in uni. I specifically masterminded who I wanted in my group. Like this girl right here, <laughs> she looks like she can get me a great A. So I sort of, you know, but my group does not know that I'm revealing it now. See, you learn things in university. This is like the reality series. This is how I'm you should. This is why you yeah. should go get a degree, one. I masterminded everything. What? I can only focus on one thing. <laughs> I say this is why you go to university because you learn how to scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should be scheming you. No, I, the thing is, I'm already scheming you, dude. Yeah, shit. <laughs> was that about, Was that how this podcast now, came? To now, yeah. that's also one thing I want to point out to people who went through my route. Uh, what route is that? The JC A level route. Ah. Trust me when I say this. University is gonna be so easy. Really? University is so much easier than what, the A levels, dude. Sc- yeah, yeah. I mean, but what's the score? There's no score. You In just JC, get A levels. Don't don't <laughs> talk about my downfall City like that. Downfall. City is so It's easy. No, I'm saying I'm saying that de- getting a degree is easy. that university uh. is easy. Not A le- A levels is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Okay, okay. Until now, where in in terms of education, but a degree, es- especially the fact that you already you are you are trying to major in something that you already have an interest in, mm-hmm. you know, like communications. Yeah, but not a lot of people get to study what they want. That's the problem. Well, that's that's the other thing that that I also want to point out to people who think that they cannot afford to go university. There is a lot of outlets out there where you can actually get sp- a scholarship or or sponsors and stuff like that. Because I took I took a loan with Mandaki mm. in order to get to get my degree. So you know, when there's a will, there's a way. It's like what you said. You learn how to be resilient. And being and and trying to and learning how to be resilient in your early twenties is probably one of the most important things in your life because you will carry it out when you go to work, and that's when it will eventually translate to your work life and hopefully success. Now, what I notice about the three of us here is not not to blow my own trumpet is that I think we. We're quite determined in in what we want, uh, and really? I th- I think the last thing you <laughs> the last time you told me you want to lose weight, it doesn't seem like you're doing that. We're quite determined <laughs> what we want that benefits us in life, 
Isn't losing weight beneficial? Which which losing weight might not. Well, my my wife says she likes me this size, so okay, okay, yeah. So you guys cannot say anything. Okay. As, as long as she says it's fine, it's okay, fine. Okay, we're determined then. Yeah. On uh, MySpace, it's like more to love. Right? <laughs> yes. yeah. Remember MySpace era? So that no other woman can love you? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I, that's it. Sure, sure, sure. Helps us sleep at night. But but I think I think what I, wa- I want to point out is that if if you, at a young age, already know what you want and you develop a you develop a determination to go rich for it i think the three of us here are living proof that you can get what you want eventually yep right that. uh so i think i think that's very important for for people out there listening to this to understand that yes it's three malay guys <laughs> sitting on down and talking luckily there's no corner here <laughs> or a guitar or or Marlboro rates, but at the end of the day, <laughs> if you're determined enough to reach for a goal, and and you actually put the work into it, I mean, we all hustle, and Arman, you you you've proved. I mean, you've told us how your hustle was, which is an inspiration to all of us. Oh, thanks. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, you you can eventually reach what you want, even if it's just for how long were you at the company for? Uh, two years. Yeah, even if it's just for two years, you get to taste the sweet cream on top of the cake. That's good enough. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so inspired right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for what it's worth, right? Those two years at Asia Rooms, I was able to pay my debt back for my university education. So the company shut down just at the right time. Oh, perfect. Well then, I'm still not able to pay back Mendaki. Mendaki, I'm paying you <laughs> installments. Don't you worry about that. I'm slowly paying you back. But are you really paying every month? I have to, man. So you're already paying? Yes, I have. I've been paying for the last two years. Jeez. I still got a few more years to go. That's a lot of you money. You can do it. And I don't have a job at the end of the year. Oh, oh. So Starbucks. There's always Starbucks. Hey, you want to know a story? Starbucks sponsor you, us. You want, you, do you want to <laughs> know a story about Starbucks and me? Until this very day, I have always wanted to be a barista at Starbucks. Do it, man. Why not? I've never gotten the chance or gotten interviewed by Starbucks ever before. I remember, look, being a barista was kind of cool like a few years ago, right? I mean, like, I had a... A few years ago, you mean like 10 years ago? I had had an (laughs) ex-girlfriend who was a barista. I was like, oh, she's so cool. And she hangs out with so, like, guys who are so cool making coffee. Yeah, but I feel like those who work in Starbucks, you need to have that vibe. You need to have that cool vibe. You need to be, hi, welcome to Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of vibe. I'm not that kind of person. I cannot do that. No. (laughs) You're a coffee, sir. I don't don't care whether you are, but I always wanted to be in that clique, right? I'm just saying you definitely don't have that vibe. Listen, I've tried and tried and tried all the way. Even when I got that job at ESPN, even when I got the job, I will always, I always did this funny thing when I hang out with my friends. Where when we go to a Starbucks, I'll always fill up an application form. Really? I think you've and I only inside joke. I, no, and and <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe and it's it's only I think five six years ago that I stopped doing it, but I've always been doing it, but I've never ever gotten a callback. Starbucks oh, for real. at all. Funny, they're always looking for people. They just they just don't want to look for Which me. Or maybe you shouldn't mention the outlet. Well, I've oh my, I I've been to a lot of Starbucks. So I think they blacklisted. You do know, this guy Iman. He's 
And I, you know, I tried Flying everything. In. I tried calling in. Have you have you done a walk in where you basically yes. like corner the manager when he or she is working? Well, that's where they hand me an application form and then I fill it up and like, oh, you know what? Call, I, so. I actually got accepted on the spot when I walked in by the it's manager. That's just how sucky you are, man. <laughs> My life just keeps getting worse. Check and you know, bin. and you thought that like being a, being a barista is cool. It's it actually, cool, man. I mean, it it it, it is cool until you like it starts getting real. So I read this thing that these Starbucks guys or girls, they're always getting, like, for example, Iman, then they put you the wrong name, like, on purpose so that you're going to take a photo of it and post it online. It's their form of marketing. Is that so? I mean, were you all taught to do that? Maybe not the when I was there. Yeah. Maybe it's a new because thing. I, yeah, maybe it's, a, it's smart, though. Yeah, it's smart. Like your name is Iman, then they put idiot, but it's quite uh, the same. Then you put... <laughs> <laughs> you post so up. so let me ask you. So when when we when you were fighting at MBS and the announcer keep on repeating TWC, oh yeah, what you know that that was, was that a so marketing ploy? No, but I TWC is a it's a it's a bad vulgar thingy in my head. Why? I don't want to say it here. <laughs> <laughs> but what what's up with that? I mean, he. I know, yeah, he's too excited. He forgot that I'm the chosen one. Not keep the on saying TWC. The one chosen. TWC. <laughs> no, he says the chosen one, but oh, he but says, says TWC. And he said it Some repeatedly. Some people say TCM. And he said traditional it. Chinese medicine. Like, what <laughs> the hell, man? And you know, it goes all around the world, right? Yeah, yeah. you know. So it's pretty all much everybody knows you as TWC. Now. Yeah, and they got my entrance song wrong, and now it's like it disturbed my vibe, man. Oh, you did not walk out to your song. No, hell no. That song was too happy. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not me. The entrance song was a bit too hype. My entrance song was a a classical African song that says I'm gonna kill you or something and take your heart out. <laughs> okay. But well, I'm like glad you didn't walk out to that then because yeah. <laughs> he ended up eating <laughs> your heart. Yeah. <laughs> I asked him for the the pillow back. He didn't want to give me. Yeah. Oh, it's for real. Wait, yeah. who, whose idea was the pillow? Uh, it was a combination of our ideas. So Glenn wanted to do to do it. Then uh, I said, okay, maybe you should do it. So we get the audience to like, it's like planned, but not, it's it's, it's still like, maybe I think he just wing it, he just tried. So it was good though. It made the news, a lot a lot more people uh, read about it. Some people called me cocky, what it is. But whatever, man, you, you're still watching, you're still paying. So. so there was a marketing ploy? A little bit. Do you think it went too far? Uh, no, it's just, f- to me, as long as I don't, um, I don't insult someone's religion, family, uh, the country politics. I think it's pretty fine. Pretty and much, don't do what Connor did. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, uh, we're just having we we are we are still, we have to be respectful as human beings. We we were in the sauna together, like I said, in the first episode. So we've no towel. We have a towel. <laughs> we have towel. <laughs> we have not with a towel. We have our own towels. Okay. On, so okay. Yeah. Not sharing one. No. How dare you not share a towel? He's a visitor to our country. Be I nice. gave him a pillow. Uh, but he did have quite an emotional reaction, like when he was, you know, like doing stuff to your face. Yeah, I mean, he felt quite real though. I mean, at one point he was like being f- super friendly and family like, father like. Then the next he's just trying to choke me and kill me. <laughs> I'm a bit confused there. So I think he. He played the game. He played the game well. He played the game and you. Experience beat me. You like. went along. Now. I know I'm trying not to talk about your defeat as much as possible, but I just have one question. Yeah. When 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 you saw him in the ring, uh-huh. and for the very first time you saw how high up his shots were, you <laughs> <laughs> might be of how you might look in primary school. Then he reached his tits, <laughs> right? <laughs> were you were you inside your head it was like, wow, that's funny, or were you go like, wow, now it's very hard to get a body shot. Yeah, that's why I actually thought. So I was like. But the referee made it clear 
uh, Ridwan over here, your the shots of uh, Paulus over here will be too low. Ridwan over here, I would say accept it anywhere lower than it will be a low blow. So it's fair enough. But uh, was it a tactic? I think he was because just he looks like a smooch burger. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think so, but whatever. I said you didn't let anybody shots. <laughs> <laughs> he got you there. Yeah. He oh got man. you there. Man. Body got killed that night, but you know, it was an experience. Were you Were you there, man? I was screaming out for you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was there. I was there. Yeah. What <coughs> What 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 do you make out of it? Of the fight. Mm. Uh, I think you've seen my fights like three or four yeah. fights before, right? Yeah. yeah. So you've seen the difference. Yeah, you were not the red one that yeah. we typically would have seen. Yeah. It is what it is, man. You paid eighty bucks to see you. You paid? No, I, I paid. I paid eighty bucks. Too bad. I've always paid when I watch you fight because I'm trying to support you, right? No, most of the times you were working. You know. <laughs> well, the last two times I was not working. So, so that's only like what hundred sixty dollars only. <laughs> hey, the last time I paid for everyone that was in my entourage, Ooh. which was six people. Oh, that made me cry. So you deserve a spot. You could have at SG. least one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't trying. <laughs> like the other billion people outside saying, you should have jet more. You should have moved. You should you should have shuffled like Muhammad Ali. Like what the hell? Is <laughs> Shuffle like Muhammad Ali. Is that even like uh, is that even like an advice? Come on, man. That's like a song. Do you, uh, Aman, when you were there, do you notice the silence that that the whole area was engulfing once the result came out? Uh, yeah. I mean, after the fight, because I was seated with the rest of the people from Legends, so all of us were just waiting for Ridwan to walk back to the back room. Yeah. So all of us were feeling a bit like sad, and I, I, I at least to me, I was a bit unsure as to how you would react when you approach our yeah, yeah. area. But we, he was ju- you were just really quiet. You, I think you sort of like shook hands with yeah. your I'll, brother. I'll, yeah, I was pretty alright, I think. I only I really started to cry at the back after I went to the toilet because I had diarrhea. Because you had diarrhea. <laughs> was that legit the reason why <laughs> you cried? I mean, uh, no, I didn't cry because I had diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> it was that painful. Just so everybody know he's having diarrhea. Today because he's nice. and yesterday and today because was, he's been I making fun of me. I had diarrhea. And karma is fair. And it was not. Life pr- is a full circle. It was and not. His ass is on fire. It's not pretty, guys. <laughs> I had to stop at an expressway to shit. In the bushes. In the bushes. Seriously. Oh, for real. Seriously. You are gonna be on storm for sure. I wanted to share something, but I shall not share it just for the sake of my reputation. Why? With what? Whatever. I was I was gonna say that if you ever need someone interesting to to interview, you should interview me and my journey of how how I took a shit at the AYE. Okay, because you shared that, right? I'm gonna <laughs> share with you that I legitly peed in a bottle in a taxi because I was stuck in the traffic, uh, on the way to the airport before. Did the taxi driver know? Uh huh. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's the, at least you have a bottle. Hmm. Um. And I did it twice. Wow. Wow. How many bottles do you need then? I uh <laughs> let's just say that the bottle was not sufficient to hold everything in. Right. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, but but the thing with peeing is that once you let I can't go, believe um, I actually came down to talk about the <laughs> fact that I peed in yeah, the car. I can't believe we're talking shit right now. This is literally talking shit. <laughs> well, yeah, we are talking shit. This is a podcast, we can talk about anything we want. So we I can wear I can use sleepers if I want next time. You could, but you must show him some respect, man. I would have worn sleepers actually. Yeah, he always wore sleepers to the gym. Well, yeah, he, he yeah. wax and everything for you, and you wanted to wear slippers. Yeah, fair enough. Fair and enough. your feet is gross. Your, your yeah, the bottom man. of your no, feet. Now I can help but look. 
The bottom of his feet is <laughs> peeling off. The skin is peeling off. Oh, so, so it's mine too, though. That's a boxing thing. Yeah, because we train. <laughs> no, it's not. It's hygiene thing. Take okay. care of your hygiene. Okay, let's talk about something more. The <laughs> fact that he was crying in the back room. Or, or, or was that like a segue which I just defeated the whole no, point I of th- the segue? I think, I think the whole diarrhea thing was was just a connection to whatever yeah. Ridwan was yeah, feeling. Yeah, so I cried. And then Legends people were there. And then you showed up with a stupid hair. The yeah. first thing I said, like... That's a, shit. that's a stupid haircut. Yeah, that's the first thing he said to me when he told me. He's <laughs> like, hey, your hair is stupid. And I was like, you are stupid. Yeah. You just lost. <laughs> then, and then you... <laughs> and then, yeah, this is exactly how he reacted. He laughed. <laughs> I, I did it on purpose, guys, so, so we can have a rematch so I can get more money. And then I did was like behind, just like laughing, laughing. <laughs> he, don't know, he don't know how to react. So he just I did like, that... Had, Adev has never been known how to re- uh, like a reacting person. <laughs> I think he's a bit disappointed with the results. That's, that's why he's because behind. He's, because his last Instagram post was the uh, was a photo of me boxing <laughs> at the level when I won the, the 10-0. One, right? Yeah. <laughs> After that, there's no post. I think he was like, "Oh my god, this is there's nothing there's nothing good to post about the last fight." Come I on, Adib. <laughs> I think a lot of people. I think a. L- one, you've you've become a hero, man. You've become a Singapore hero, and a lot of people. I don't know. I never. I never thought about like about it like that because I think, I mean, like you say, everybody have problems. Yes, I have my boxing problems and whatever. But when I listen to stories from like the everyday people, SG or like maybe you sometimes, so really my problems are really nothing. So I mean, I'm happy to say that this is I'm trying, but this is my third week of not complaining about anything other than about you in general. But I've not, I've made a conscious effort to not complain, and this is the third week, and I am quite happy with myself. Oh, congrats! So you're man. into that now, that like you're working yeah. on yourself so, so internally. Um, no, not 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 that. The other parts, I'm I'm still gonna be a grumpy person, angry and vulgar and shit. But I'm just working on not complaining. What's your motivation for not complaining? I don't know. I just saw it on like a Instagram post. Then, <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of guy who will buy like slimming tea from a girl, <laughs> a half naked girl. Like, oh, my body's like this because, come on, I expect better from you. Can Just I because I saw an Instagram post. Yeah, I saw an Instagram post like a like a like a quote like try not complaining about. So I try. I mean, I think it's sort of it's quite liberating. I think it's quite good. Yeah, I'm not gonna try that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, I'm just gonna try it for a month. After that, I'm just gonna complain, complain. and rant and everything. So. The next podcast is just gonna be about me complaining, oh dear. like him alone on the sofa. Yeah, I'll I'll leave. Maybe <laughs> Adit will sit in. <laughs> He's a nice guy. Uh, I want tell us what's coming up, uh, for yep. yourself in the upcoming months or so. Wait, before that, are you gonna fight? Am I gonna fight? Are you gonna get into the ring to fight? She's kind of putting me on the spot yes, right, with a I'm microphone quite. and well, a camera. This is this is something that is shocking because he has never asked me this because oh. we all know you will never because you're a scary cat okay whatever. okay okay <laughs> so okay did i tell you before that i did my first ever fight was when i was like yeah you 17 know. when i was in muay thai yeah muay thai doesn't count yeah but i lost muay thai is, is okay all whatever. the muay thai friends Stop are gonna shitting like on every other martial arts <laughs> all the other martial arts are shitting on the boxing they're like oh uh i was injured in when i was doing muay thai muay thai is so intense i got injured so i decided to do the boxing like what the hell man boxing is easy okay whatever boxing is not easy yeah okay. so will you do a boxing fight because so you will never anger. know y- did I just complain? No, yeah, you just did. did. You just I broke. I broke it. You broke. Okay, your might as well just keep complaining now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, do you think you're ever going to get into a boxing fight? Because I don't know. you never know yourself fully until you get into a fight. 
you know what? I was considering it and I'm still like trying to figure out for myself. You have to get through your mom for that? No. no, no okay. I, I mean, she... I mean, every single decision that I've made, she's unhappy with. So that's Might always well. been my motto in life. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom, but it's true. Um, I hope she watches this. I mean, my mom's against me too, so it's fine. Yeah, but... Oh, look at you guys. It's just a Thankfully matter of... I I have to be aligned with the decision if I want to actually yeah, make true. the decision to fight. It's just a matter of me having to do a bit of soul searching. Mm. And I guess it's a matter of whether you... Can you search for your soul soul in the ring when you're tired for the same right? <laughs> you can start searching. Yeah, that's uh, what I wanted. Let <laughs> Let's try to avoid that situation. <laughs> yeah, but I think the first fight is pretty important, right? Mm. And most people compete at a much younger age. I mean, you're, you're, we're the same age, but you're at an entirely different level. So if I were to compete, I guess I have a shorter shelf life. I just have an idea. Why not you two compete? Is that going to be the next episode? Where we both spar? Maybe. I'll give you a few episodes, like a few months to prepare. Because he's not going to prepare. He's going to just train once every <laughs> six, three months. Every six months, maybe. <laughs> Uh, no. Watch out for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm retired. I'm chill. I'm retired married and I have a kid now. I have a lot to live for. I'm not going to step into the Dude, ring. Dude, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah, you need to find a you job. You never first. know, man. <laughs> <laughs> have you not watched Rocky? Dude. <laughs> do, you not, do you not see when Apollo Creed died? Do you think he stepped into the ring knowing he was going to die? That's yeah, <laughs> true. At least he had a son. That's quite true. But it wasn't known until, like what? Yeah, I can't believe Rocky keeps coming back. It's quite annoying now. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one coming up. Yeah, there's another one coming up. Are you going to watch that? Well, I heard it's quite good. Uh, Maybe. I think we'll just talk about it more when the movie people start to contact us. <laughs> you know, we're going to give away five tickets to your podcast listeners. Until then, we're gonna not going to say anything. All right, we, oh, yeah. we, we got to wrap this up because public transport is going to stop soon. <laughs> yes. So, Arman, why don't you tell us what's... uh. What's coming up for the next few months for you and uh, everyday people? It will be so awkward if I had nothing lined up for the everyday people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would just feel super unaccomplished. So what do I have lined up for the next couple of... I have uh, watch out for more uh, East Coast stories because that will be up every Sunday, every on, Sunday yeah. on Instagram. Uh, I'm not sure when this podcast will be up, so just <laughs> watch out for it on the website and Instagram and Facebook. It'll be up when it will be up. It will be up whenever <laughs> it's going to be up. All right, on guys. Wednesdays. Every Wednesday. Sundays, bro. I mean, our podcast. Oh, your podcast will be up yeah. on every Wednesday. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah. Um, and just to watch out for more people's stories, I guess. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you I think have a Facebook page also, right? For I have a Facebook technology. page. I uh, just find the everyday people of Singapore on mm-hmm. Facebook, and it'll be up there. All right, we're gonna we're gonna link we're gonna put out all the links on the video and also on the description. Uh, as usual, also follow us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Get in touch with us if you want to be on the show and sponsors if you wanna get a piece of this. You know, we got so much free space. We can paste mm-hmm. your logo on our foreheads or whatever. What is face? Uh, Arman, thank you so much thank for, you, man. for oh, being on the show. Thank you, guys, man. And telling I hope us you had fun. I hope your, you had fun. That was your fun. inspirational stories. And I hope you continue doing what you're doing, man. Thank you very we much. We need more people like you. And yeah. I hope your podcast is going to like just go for the stars. And thank you. be huge. We'll Hopefully. probably be undefeated for like 11 podcasts and then we'll lose one. Just like Ridwan. 
what yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Bye-bye. It's a wrap. <laughs>